eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What's up, everybody? Emergency edition of the Coast to Coast podcast here on InsectCarolina.com. Coming at you, I'm Joey Powell, your host, and we're brought to you by Johnny T-Shirt. Thanks for being here. As you know, an emergency edition of the podcast means something big has happened around the North Carolina basketball program. And this time, it is forward Pete Nance, who has announced he is going to be transferring for his last year of availability and eligibility and any other ability you can think of to join Hubert Davis's Tar Heels. Uh, you know, just a, a recap on Pete Nance, 6'11", forward, uh, big, great pedigree. Dad played in the NBA. I think his uncle also played in the NBA. 14.6 points, 6.5 rebounds, 2.7 assists, and a little over one block per game last year with Northwestern. Also made 45% of his three-pointers and was named honorable mention all Big Ten. So with me as always, Sheryl McMillan, Sean Moran. Sean, how you feeling, dude? Doing well. Always enjoy uh, these types of podcasts. Yeah, well, before I bring Sherelle in here, uh, I want to get you to get us started. What's different between what we've seen of Pete Nance now you know, maybe than what we saw as a college player versus now what we saw when he went through uh, the NBA combine, the NBA combine, the draft combine, uh, and also the G League combine process. What have we learned about his game that that maybe we didn't know a few months ago? Sure, I think when we when we first really started diving in on on Pete Nance, it was right around the G League combine. Uh, obviously, when when somebody is is there, they're trying to get to the NBA or get to the next the next level, and at the thinking. Or at least my thinking was you've got the six eleven guy he's played four years, averaged as you said, fourteen and six, seven rebounds, very efficient. He might not be NBA caliber, but he could probably go make some good money overseas. And uh, you know, it's not like he's a, a six seven wing where they're a dime a dozen, but here's a six eleven guy that can shoot. So I figured the chances of him going back to school were were fairly slim. And then if he did go back to school, he obviously needs to improve on certain certain skills. And then it comes down to, does the player want to go to a school where they're going to be fully featured? Or knowing UNC and everybody they're returning, does he want to go to a school and and fit in where maybe his his points and rebounds will drop, uh, but maybe he has a chance to play at a, at a higher level? So that's been figured out now. Uh, he obviously wanted to, to play at a higher level. I think from a from watching more game film, uh, the time allowed us to do that. And also when, when we were first talking, 
you're looking at a, at a guy who can uh, really fill Brady Manick's open spot. That's the one spot that that is left. Uh, I think when we were looking at Matthew Meyer, you saw maybe a guy who people could imagine being being Brady Manick, but I think there there was some some challenges with that where he was really a, a four three a three four, and now you're really repetitive uh, with a Puff Johnson and and Dontre Styles with uh with Pete Nance, you're looking at a predominantly a five at Northwestern, so a, a five I'd say a five four, given he will be slotted in that that four spot. Uh, but now you have a guy if you know, God forbid, Armando gets gets hurt, uh, or if if he gets in foul trouble, you have a guy that can slide into those minutes, which I think will be very beneficial. Uh, and you have a guy that uh, will will go in more in depth, but a really talented outside shooter. So now you have that floor spacing, and you have a guy that is a is a very strong passer. So the ball is going to keep moving. So I think we'll get into it a little bit more. But from a chemistry perspective, I think his skill level uh, we've been able to maybe identify where he's going to fit a little bit better than, than a few months ago. I want to bring the other guy that you guys are always here to see. And, and not to say that Sean is the guy and Shirell is the other guy or Shirell is the guy and Sean is the other guy. You guys know what I mean, but uh, the second half of the powerhouse duo that, that leads this podcast, Shirell McMillan, Shirell, how you feeling, bud? I'm good. Yourself, man. I'm great. Um, you obviously got the red shirt memo. And if you're like <laughs> me, if you're like me, this is the only red shirt I own for obvious reasons. So, um, Listen, I, I want to ask you, how, how did we get to this point? Like, how, how did this whole process transpire? Because I don't know, at least in my time of following these types of things, and granted, the history of the transfer portal is, is not very long. I don't recall a situation where, where it was this kind of kept under wraps to where no one was talking. And I know that that's kind of something you've tipped off on, on our recent podcast here when we're talking about you know, this potential transfer uh, from Nance, North Carolina. So, so give everybody an idea about how this developed and and what do you think happened behind the scenes and, and how we got to where we are right now? Uh, you know, honestly, it played out a bit like Brady Mannix last year. Um, so if you recall, it just was a little bit more elongated. So Brady Mannix uh, entered a portal and within like, I think, 12 days or something, he was committed to UNC. <clears throat> but he didn't take a visit to Carolina like Nance obviously did over the last few days. Um, but he didn't really do any interviews. He didn't put out formal lists that often didn't do a lot of social media. It was kind of the day of his commitment to UNC um, a couple of hours before we got word. Um, now with this one, you know, some, some word leaked out about a visit, but beside that Nance had really not talked to anyone um, on record, maybe a couple people and props to those people who were able to get him. Um, but he, he did just kept it quiet. And I think that's a decision the family made <clears throat> because for the first part of it, when UNC first made contact, we do know, Basically, what was said was, hey, you know, I, I might be interested, but I really need to see this process through with the NBA. So really nothing can be done before June 1st. That was kind of the message that I think the Carolina staff received from Nance. And then as, you know, it started to find out that he wasn't going to stay in the draft, that's when I think UNC um, really started to, to call more, to, to be more aggressive, and to try to get him on campus for a visit, which <clears throat> it took a couple of weeks uh, from that deadline, but he ended up making it. So, again, I'm not going to pretend like we have all the uh, inside baseball <laughs> minutiae on this one. Basically, the pivot points are he decides to enter the draft in the portal. UNC makes contact soon thereafter. Um, both parties agree that nothing can happen until June 1st. He withdraws on June 1st. They have conversations over the last couple of weeks. 
he takes a visit. The visit starts on the afternoon of the 15th. And here we are now with him committed. Uh, that's kind of the Cliff's Nose version. Hopefully one day we can ask him those questions about <laughs> the stuff happening in between. But um, that's that's the high level view of how we got here. Sherelle, uh, I want to ask you, how does does having a veteran presence like this walking into the locker room? I'm going to come to Sean for the skill piece. I want you to just talk about chemistry. How does having a guy who's played high-level basketball, who comes from the pedigree that, that Nance comes from, how does adding him into a, a pretty strong locker room coming off of last season, how does that help the Tar Heels? Well, at the, you know, at the start of this recording, we don't know what he said. So he could have put out a statement by now. We could have talked to him by now. We wanted to get this out as soon as possible. So we're recording it right after we find out, found out. So I, I think – um, what it says is that he really, uh, to Sean's point, values winning. I think he sees that there's a lot of talent on this team and that if he can ingratiate himself into everything that North Carolina is, then, you know, you'll get the benefits. I mean, I think that's Hubert, Hubert Davis's message has been that the whole time was if you do what you're supposed to do on the court, play well, play smart, play together, all that good stuff then you will get the benefits back to uh, Roy Williams' awards and rewards. And I think, uh, just looking at how much those guys have shined over the last couple of months and how it just, everything got flipped 180 degrees. I think he sees that. And then just from uh, a personnel perspective, he brings them something that they don't have. He brings depth behind Armando Baycott. He brings uh, either uh, the starting, you know, power forward starting four or in competition for that spot. He just really rounds out the team overall and it's you know it's a lot easier i think to go into a team uh that has strong leaders already than it is to go in and try to become one <clears throat> i think we saw some of that last year um justin mccoy to some degree brady manning to some degree kind of uh went up against that trying to figure out uh where they fit and how they fit within the dynamic of the team i think the hierarchy uh, and dynamics of leadership are already pretty set on this team so it's going to be much easier for someone to kind of assimilate um, this offseason than it was last season. And I'm not, I'm not going to go out, uh, you know, and go straight to, to get the cheap pop by saying to Sherelle, attitude, reflect leadership. I wouldn't do that. I'm not going to just make a, remember the Titans quote, just to pop Sherelle. You're not going to do that. Yeah, no, I'm not going to do wouldn't. that. Um, Sean, one thing I want to ask you, and this is kind of the, the second half of the question I just posed to Sherelle. How does Pete Nance make this team better from a skills perspective? Well, before I get to that, uh, Sherelle said assimilate, and I think that that's really important uh, because I think maybe when we're looking at Matthew Meyer, it might have been a little hard to uh, for him to have assimilated uh, to the current team. And I think this one now, we haven't talked to him. We don't know him, but this is just reading body language as uh, on the court, and it, it feels like he will be able to fit in versus trying to have maybe more of a dominant personality, which I don't think would mesh well with a team that has returned what they are and did what they did. Um, from, from a skill perspective, really the, the, the change in last year's team was people started bringing their game up to Brady Manick's level uh, regarding moving the ball. We, every single Sunday night podcast, we were talking about the ball's not moving, the ball's not moving. All of a sudden, the ball starts to move a little bit, a little bit better. And with Pete Nance, I think he, he's not a guy that – is going to over dribble. He's not a guy that is going to uh, make it about himself. And he's, he's somebody that can, that can move the ball. He's either going to catch it wide open in a pick and pop and, and shoot it. Uh, he's going to catch it 
and attack uh, very quickly, or he's going to move the ball and find a cutter uh, or, or in the high low, find Armando down low. So I think that perspective is, is huge for UNC, especially as they're looking to, to win a championship, which we know is not easy. And then defensively, that is going to be the question mark, especially when he is slotted with, with Armando similar to Brady teams are going to try to attack him. Brady, uh, outside of a few games in the middle of the season was able to hold his own. Uh, if it's a smaller, smaller wing, will Nance be able to do that? But when Armando's off, he's going to be able to slot in at the five and, and he had a extremely strong block percentage last year, good shot blocker. So, uh, I, I think from a skill perspective, offensively, it's stretching the floor, but moving the ball and, and being a good team player. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Yeah, I love the the point you made about passing the ball too. Uh, you know, as you guys have said on prior episodes of the show, uh, when UNC was at their best last year, when the offense was flowing, is when they were moving the ball, and that was a lot of times started it uh, with a guy like Brady Manick. And just from from my knowledge, it just doesn't look like you can get that sort of savvy and understanding how the court is tilted horizontally from somebody that hasn't played a lot of D one games. And that's, that's just the only thing you're going to find that in is, is from a vet trail. And that's the, that's the other thing, Joey. I mean, the guys, he's played a ton of games. I mean, you look at the amount of experience now that UNC could potentially put into a starting five. I don't know what the starting five is going to be. I'm not saying anyone is slotted into a spot, but let's just say it's the four returners, Caleb Love, RJ Davis, Leaky Black, Armando Baycott, and say you slide Nance in there. I mean, you're talking, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of starts and minutes and experiences and games and just, you know, been through everything. So, uh, you know, in college basketball right now, it seems like experience talent is what wins. And I mean, we talked about it last year. I, I don't see how you can have if there's a team with more experienced talent in North Carolina in college basketball next season, which uh, you might get to this in a second, but I'm going to go ahead and segue which changes everything now, man. I mean, it's, this is not, we talked about it when everybody came back, but you're adding to this. There's not a fun fairy tale story anymore. <laughs> this is, this is a team built to do one thing. Yeah. And I'm not saying that the season will be a failure if they don't do that thing, but it's obvious that, you know, this is, I, I liken it to, to, you know, like the Los Angeles Rams and free agency when you're like, <laughs> how can they afford another, you know, really good player? Uh, in this case, it's like North Carolina had a scholarship come open at the very last minute, the last possible second for the from the transport portal. And they were able to convert it into a player like Pete Nance, who, you know, is on everybody's board as one of the you know, top 10 or 12 transfers. Um, so now there's there's coverage. If, I feel like at every position, 
Um, you know, before it was like, oh, well, who might back up, you know, Baycott? Well, there's a chance that Nance can do that. It's like, well, who might start at the four? And, you know, do they need another shooter? Well, they've got that potentially in Nance. Then you have the guys coming back in the backcourt. You add Trimble and, you know, some some growth for some other players. And there's just not a lot of holes on this roster. So um, Heber Davis now inherits, which I think will be the consensus number one team in the country in the preseason. And so <clears throat> now you have to adjust. I think in his press conference, I believe that was Wednesday, he said last year they had to tune out the noise of everybody telling them how terrible they are. <laughs> this year they had to tune out the noise of everybody telling them how great they are, which is just, you know, again, you know, the day after the Pittsburgh game, who saw this coming? Um, but I, I think <laughs> adding Nance, you know, it, it just it adds to the notion that, you know, they're they're going for it. And, you know, this team has those kind of aspirations legitimately. It's it's ironic, man. You, if you look at now, um, you were talking about kind of the dearth of experience that the team had coming into last season. And now kind of the counterfactual of your point is, is there anything that this team will not have seen? Is there anything that another team could present to them that somebody on this roster has not seen or played through before? There's, there's no, they, there's no other group of guys who have been up by 25 against the number one seed in the second half, lost the lead in the most spectacular yes. way possible, found a way to win in overtime and end up in the national championship game with a three to tie as time expires. There, they, I mean, there's, there's nothing between those two. There's nothing left for these guys to experience that they haven't. You know, yeah. maybe, maybe they have to come back from 45 down. Maybe that's it. But I, I don't think they'll be down by 45 next season. And, and, and to your point about the, about the expectations for next season, um, yeah, this is, this is one of those congratulations, Tar Heel fans. You got the old misery back, right? Like this is, it's going to be the old agony that Tar Heel fans and Aussie subscribers are used to where, man, we, we only won by six or why are we down oh. by two at, with, you know, with 12 minutes left to go in the half, like that sort of misery, as opposed to not knowing the identity of a team. Sean, can, is there a way to overstate how much bringing in experience means? I don't think, no, I don't think you can, you can overstate it. I mean, it, it gives, it gives Nance the ability to contribute from day one versus, uh, I mean, even say, let's use Dawson Garcia as an example, not, uh, in it's easy ways. to do. It's okay. <laughs> Uh, we're thinking, but he was, he still only had one, one year under his belt, but the expectations, uh, that he had were pretty high. And here you have a guy four years under the belt. It's going to take some time to, to get the system. Um, but I, I think he's used to playing outside in, uh, from Northwestern. And I, I, once again, going back to now, here's a guy, big 10 Northwestern, uh, not, not the strongest of, of programs. And he was a number one option, but maybe he is more comfortable. I don't know how much more efficient he can get because he was already super efficient. But maybe he, you know, if he's the third, fourth option, it's a, it's a dangerous it's it's a dangerous lineup that you can that you can put out there. We can officially call this show a wrap because Sean has had his chance to take a crap on Big Ten basketball. So uh, <laughs> with that, Shrill, is there anything else you'd like to say about this uh, this commitment from transfer Pete Nance before we get out of here? No, I mean, the, the roster is set. It, it's um, we thought it was set, you know, on May 1st and then that <laughs> happened. So the roster is finally set. So now everybody can kind of turn the page and really look forward to next season now that we know who's on the team. Um, so I just think, uh, you know, they, they've they really do have a chance. I don't think it's <clears throat> um, I don't think it it's talking out of turn to say 
that this team has everything it takes to win a national championship. Now, obviously, they have to go out and do it. Sure. But, I mean, it, in a potential starting lineup, you're going uh, third-year junior, third-year junior, fifth-year senior, fifth-year senior, fourth-year senior. You know, I mean, it's it's that's pretty incredible in this day and age of college basketball. And it's not like those guys uh, weren't talented or weren't, uh, weren't wanted coming out of high school. <clears throat> we're talking about most of those guys. I think both Nance and Leakey were, were top 100 coming out of high school. Baycott and Davis and Love were obviously McDonald's All-Americans and top 25 types. So um, it, this isn't diamonds in the rough who were ranked, you know, 545 uh, at age 24, finally <laughs> coming to their own in college basketball. These are talented guys who happen to stay around too. Yeah, I mean, all these guys are on the Perry Ellis, Donald Hand, and all four, all four Bayheim plan. Um, Sean, anything else you wanted to add before we get out of here? Just one thing. We were talking earlier about what we're, you know, the thought process really a month, month and a half ago. And one thing I, I was really excited to see Puff and Styles, if they did have to take that four spot, how they would, would grow. And I think this still gives them that opportunity with a little mm -hmm. less, less pressure uh, because even though um, Nance might be, say he's starting at the, at the four, he's still going to get five, maybe more minutes at the center spot, depending mm -hmm. on, depending on uh, Armando foul trouble, any injuries, things of that nature. So now that's just time for, for Puff and Styles to play. Uh, and, and then in addition, now when Leakey is coming out, that's time to slot them in as well. So I think you have a little bit more lineup flexibility, the ability to hopefully keep their, uh, growth trajectory continuing to to go up and who knows what Hebert wants to decide at the end of the games deciding on you know based on lineups and who's playing well but I think it I think it the excitement is still there to see them grow uh, but maybe not as much pressure in that in that really fifth uh, fifth spot for UNC's offense that's a good place to wrap on because I think I want to do a show sometime very soon um, about the potential versatility in lineup matchups that UNC can throw out next year. Cause I think it's going to be, it's going to be an embarrassment of riches just from the versatility, versatility of five players that they can put out, right? Like different groups and different styles of play. They'll be able to put on the floor boys. As always, I appreciate it. Appreciate you guys making some time for an emergency pod here. Again, Pete Nance commits to the university of North Carolina. We'll use his final year of eligibility playing for the Tar Heels. Um, will be great to see uh, another player with an NBA pedigree, suiting up in Carolina blue. Uh, so that'll be fun to watch. Uh, big shout out to Johnny T-shirt. Undoubtedly, the thing that won him over in his visit to Chapel Hill was a trip to Johnny T-shirt. Um, I cannot confirm that that folks saw he and his family walking out of Johnny T with, with six bags under each arm. Uh, I can't confirm that. Uh, but it would not surprise me if, if we found out later on that Johnny T-shirt and their incredible line of, uh, of goods and their amazing top line customer service and their alumni ownership were the things that kind of tilted Pete Nance towards Chapel Hill. So uh, very glad to hear that. Would not be shocked to hear that confirmed at some point. Boys, as always, love doing these shows with you. Thanks to everybody who is listening and or watching. Uh, we appreciate you as well. Remember, subscribe, rate, review. We need all of that from you. It really helps us out on our end. But uh, until next time, we will catch all of you later. Thanks to Johnny Teacher for sponsoring. Thanks to John Sigley for producing. But for Sean Moran, for Sherelle McMillan, I'm Joey Powell. This has been an emergency podcast of the Coast to Coast here on InsideCarolina.com.
What's up, y'all? This is four-time NBA champ Andre Iguodala. Yo, and this is his best friend, the Ohio State legend, Evan Marcel Turner the first. Every Wednesday, we drop a new episode on our show, Point Four. We're talking basketball, business, and all the culture in between. From locker room stories to some basketball analysis from those who've been in the game. Now, it is a do-bet. Do average 29 and 11. God, shit. what it take to be an all-star? A win. Subscribe to Point Four, the podcast, so you don't miss a thing.